the Montreal Canadiens select. The Montreal Canadiens are proud to select. Yes, Barry, Kanemi, Noah Jules, Ryan Paling, Caulfield. Hey Habs fans, Marc Dumont here, hosting your favorite podcast, History in the Making. Here we're going to focus on the Canadians' future. So Laval Rocket players, the players playing in the NCAA, the players playing in Europe, and the players currently playing at the World Junior Championship. History in the Making is brought to you by Tricadas Ball, Montreal's official team store. From lifestyle brands to jerseys and beyond, Tricadas Ball has a style for every sports fan in your life. Head to tricadasball.com and use coupon code HISTORYCH10 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. Visit tkalaspal.com today. Later in the episode, we're going to be joined by a very special guest, uh, a guest that's currently playing at the World Junior Championship in Edmonton, none other than Team Canada defenseman and Canadians' first-round pick, Caden Gooley. But before we get to that, which will be fun, I promise you, uh, we're going to take a quick look around the world of Canadians prospects to see who's currently playing well, who maybe could be playing a little bit better. Um, a lot of the leagues are shut down, which means we're focused on mostly American prospects this week. One that I've mentioned every single week, Sean Farrell continues his dominant way with the Chicago Steel. Now, if you have a chance, go take a look at this guy's shot. He has that fantastic pre-shot movement that that the elite NHL goal scorers have. This is the type of movement that it'll change the trajectory of your shot a couple inches, but that actually makes a huge difference by the time it gets to a goalie. Speak to any goaltender and they'll say pre-shot movement is key. Farrell has that pre-shot movement and he also has that deceptive shot that it looks like he's not trying his release, but it still hits the top corner and the goalies, this is what happens to a goalie when Farrell scores on him. They're there. They're frozen. They're like they, they have no idea what just happened. So he's a player I would absolutely keep a, a close eye on. Uh, he, you know, he's approaching two points per game in the USHL. So fantastic so far. Another player that I've been watching very closely, Jaden Struble. He's found his rhythm for Northeastern. We spoke about Jaden uh, Jordan Harris earlier, and those two are obviously the dominant defensemen at Northeastern. But what I love with Struble is that. Um, he doesn't just play that defensive style. He attacks the rush and it takes a special kind of player to attack the rush. First of all, you need the confidence of your coach. So when I was speaking to Jim Madigan, he told me I have the utmost confidence in this kid, which is very rare for someone of his age. So he allows him to attack that rush. What that does is that it throws off the complete, you know, the complete momentum of the offensive rush from the opponents and essentially usually leads to a turnover. So that aggressive yet responsible because he's not, he's not pulling himself out of position. And that's exactly what you want to see from your defensive prospects. Um, he's had so far a very strong start to this season. I believe he's at about seven points in six games. And keep in mind, he's a defenseman. This is a guy that probably would have gone in the first round the following year if he was a, you know, a few weeks older. So keep a very close eye on Jaden Struble. And finally, uh, we're going back to the USHL. Rhett Pitlick has started to heat up. He had three goals prior to Tuesday's game, uh, last Tuesday's game against the um, uh, with the Muskegon Lumberjacks, and he doubled that output with a three-goal, one-assist performance. So he is a 2019 fifth-round pick. These are the guys that are kind of in the middle. He, they really need to jump out, start dominating at their level, and that's what the Canadians want to see from Rhett Pitlick. I know they were very high on him pre-draft, so this is a very encouraging sign. He's starting to really pick up uh, his momentum, finding the back of the net at a regular rate, and it's what he has to do. So, so far, that, uh, that's exactly what we want to see from Rhett Pitlick. As always, we love hearing from our listeners. Listen, this is your podcast. I want to talk about what you guys want me to talk about. Um, and, and the key here is your participation. So 
We always ask you for questions and we're going to ask you for more questions. Now, if you do have a question, send it to the Montreal Canadians account, tag it Mark's mailbag history in the making, and uh, we'll get to it. Not next week, but the following week when we jump back into our English, uh, our English podcast next week, c'est en français. So don't forget to send me those questions en français. Let's get into the questions to start off with. First of all, Kevin Shank, he says, hi, Mark, I'm a big fan of yours, which is great. Compliment me. I will get you on the podcast. That, that's the trick right here. So good job, Kevin. Uh, he asks, can you elaborate on the input the Habs have on their prospect development? Is it weekly calls to the prospects or the coach? It's roughly that. Um, I know that you're looking at a guy like Rob Ramage is in very close contact with these prospects. Anyone I speak to, um, Rob Ramage has already talked to their coach, has already talked to the player himself before they even get going. So I know Francis Bouillon does a lot of that work as well. So the Canadians are very active, but you have to strike a balance. You don't want to be pressuring them too much. You want them to know you have the support and that's exactly what they do. So it's intense, but not too intense. They know that the Canadians are there if there's an issue, but they also just want to make sure that everything's okay. And that's good to know that your parent club is, is, is paying attention there. So uh, the Canadians are quite involved with their prospect development. Captain Maverick 85, Kawaii Anobi asks, why does every prospect matter? Okay, so, yeah, and I get what you're saying here. Um, for example, a list of the top prospects contains 25 players. Why should we be happy or even care about analysis about the 25th player when the odds are he won't make the team? I get you. And, and this, is, this is something that I always remind people. Prospects are great. They're fun. It's really fun to talk about these guys. Most of them won't make it. But once in a while, we do have that glimmer of hope, that guy that drops out of the first few rounds for whatever reason that ends up dominating. Right now, the Canadians have a seventh round pick in, on their roster with Jake Evans. Uh, they had Yagoslav Halak at one point, which I believe was a ninth round pick. Or may, you know, um, You're also looking at a guy like Caden uh, Primo, who was a seventh round pick. So there are all sorts of reasons to care about these guys. Yes, it's good to be realistic, but once they're drafted, that's it, that's all. They're on the team. They essentially... You should reset everything at zero. The first round guys will get a lot more opportunities, but these guys in the fifth and sixth and seventh round, if they work hard enough, they will make it to the NHL. So that's why you should care about the prospects. Plus it's fun, right? Uh, Scotia Canadian says, let's give Ryan Paling some love. Sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, what Scotia Canadian is saying here is says he feels like Paling's the forgotten prospect at this point. Um, what can he do to get back on track is the question. I don't think Ryan Paling's off track. Now, it's all about expectations. I think that what he needs is a very, very quiet year in the sense that go do your work in Laval, um, dominate, you know, heavy minutes. And that's a perfectly normal trajectory for someone at his age. Last year was busy. And that first game where he scored all those goals maybe heightened the expectations. But if we reset our expectations and just kind of leave him alone, I think he'll be fine. One of the interesting things that happened last year was I was covering the Laval Rocket for my former employer and my boss for this six day in a row said, go write a story on Ryan Paling. I kind of objected at this point. I said, there's nothing to write. There's nothing left to write. The guy went up to Montreal, came back down. He's doing okay. We shouldn't expect him to score three goals per game, but you know, you're given an assignment, you go and you do it during the huddle. Joël Bouchard turned to me and said, I think it's time we leave Ryan Paling. Give, give him a, a chance to breathe, you know? And, and he was looking directly at me. And the, the ironic part here is I really agreed with him. So what Bouchard was doing there is he was giving a little more breathing room. Things are intense in Laval. Things are intense in Montreal. And I get it. That's part of the fun. 
once in a while you need to reset. And that's exactly what Ryan Paling needs right now. So I don't think he's off track. Um, I think he can get to producing, but maybe focusing on the AHL for now or the NHL, if he plays well enough at camp is the right thing, but it's all about focusing at the task at hand. Uh, Alex McFadden asks any prospects with the potential to be a true top pairing D man. And also there's another question here from, uh, Marco D'Amico, the hockey expert. He's asking me which defensive prospect outside of Romanov who has turned pro has the highest, highest ceiling, two different questions. Okay. So for the pro question, let's go to Marco first. Uh, it's, it's Norlander to me. That guy is the epitome of the new age defenseman, right? He can skate. He can play good defense. He can score. He can quarterback a power play. Zone exits are, 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 are fantastic. He can, he, can, he can puck handle in traffic, which is just so key for those controlled exits. So in terms of pros, I would say it's him. Now, any prospect with the potential to be a, trop, a, a true top pairing D-man, I'd say there's four. Romanov obviously will have that opportunity. Uh, you have Norlander who also will eventually probably get that opportunity. But those two defensemen we spoke about earlier at Northeastern, to me, represent uh, you know a big part of the Canadians' future. Mitch Brown, who works for EliteProspects.com, was saying the Canadians have one of the deepest defensive prospect groups and, and guys like Struble and Harris are going to be a big part of that. So in addition to Norlander, in addition to Romanov, you have two fantastic defensemen playing right now at Northeastern. And I think they have that potential. And also, the more I see from Caden Gooley, the more I love it. So right now, we're really focused on the American prospects, but uh, Caden Gooley obviously has that potential. And finally, the Habs Forum asks, what do you hope slash expect to see from Josh Brooke this season at Val? Um, I expect to see a guy that continues his progress. Now, it was kind of the same issue as with Paling. We saw all the points that Brooke put up in the WHL, and we thought, this guy is going to dominate. And and the fact of the matter is it's such a gigantic jump to produce from the WHL to the AHL. You're losing a lot of that power play time. You're losing a lot of those top minute, uh, top minutes with the best line mates. So in his case, I think really, again, drop those expectations down a little bit. He still has that potential. He's still very young. Give him a chance to really feel that momentum that he started building last year. He started playing very well. Once the pressure went down a little bit, then he, he was, he allowed himself, to do those end-to-end rushes we saw in the WHL. So give him a moment. Let's take a deep breath. I do think Josh Brooks still has that NHL potential, but he needs to focus at the task at hand a lot like Ryan Paling. And, and that's exactly why the Canadians put so much effort, so much money and time into building uh, you know, the Laval rocket. This is all part of the process perfectly normal for prospects. If you have any other questions, don't forget, tweet them to the Canadians account using the hashtag Mark's mailbag and uh, I'll answer it next week. We'll be right back with our guest, none other than Caden Gooley. Available right now on Tricotal Spa is the brand new, beautiful Adidas retro jerseys. I'm sure you've seen them by now. They're blue. They're spectacular. Get them now on tricotalspa.com. So we're happy to welcome to the show WHL champion, 2020 first round pick, chosen 16th overall by your Montreal Canadiens and Team Canada defenseman at just 18 years old, Caden Gooley. Caden, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. First off, I want to start with something that's very important. It's the most important thing to ever happen to Team Canada at the World Juniors. And I'm talking, of course, about the Bob Ross painting session. Okay. <laughs> you, you, for, do you have it? Do you have your picture? Do you, do you have it anywhere? No, we had to give them back. I think they were uh, kind of like, I don't know if they were auctioning them or like putting them on, on social media so guys could like remake them. Okay. Uh, 
but we had to, we had to give him back. Unfortunately. How was yours? How was your, your kids? Cause first of all, Bob Ross is kind of like a weirdly, like a hero of mine. He was like, when I was younger, this guy was on PBS all the time. First, how are your painting skills? Did you do Bob Ross proud? Um, I don't know. I, I think I have a little bit to work on. Um, there was, I thought it was okay. And then I saw a couple other guys, paintings and just totally blew mine out of the water. So there were some uh, really good ones there, but as Bob Ross tells us, there's no mistakes, right? Just little happy accidents there. Yeah. So, okay. So tell me, how did this come? How did you guys decide we're going to do a team Bob Ross event? I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Well, we had, we had a few players that were uh, like in a, cause we were still in quarantine for those 14 days. So we had a few players that were in like the, um, like team activity community. Um, so we did a few kind of activities and, um, we just at like six 30, we had our, our call schedule at seven. So six 30, we got dropped off some painting supplies and, um, just hopped on a zoom call and they just kind of put the, put the Bob Ross on the um, computer and we just kind of went to town. So it was, it was fun little activity we had to do. Have you, had you ever heard of Bob Ross before? Was this like a introduction to Bob Ross? No, I, I've seen a couple of his things that, <laughs> I don't think I've ever painted one of his paintings, but, um, I've seen a couple, uh, kind of memes or whatever about Bob Ross, but, um, yeah, no, it was, it was fun to kind of get to do that. Um, now that you've painted a little, your career is still going to be hockey player and not painter, I guess. No, definitely not painter. No, uh, <laughs> that's not for me at all. All right. So this is a big year for you. Um, first round pick, you get to participate in the junior championship as an 18 year old, which let's keep in mind. That's very rare, especially for defensemen. Um, there's only a handful of them. Also, for those of you that don't know, Caden grew up in Sherwood Park. Is that it? Yeah, correct. Yeah. And 20 minutes from the rink, right? Yeah. Yeah. 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. How many games have you watched at that rink? Um, well, at Rogers, I haven't watched a whole lot. Um, I think my 15 year old year was, um, their first, the first year in Rogers, but okay. I've, I've been to a ton of games in Rexall, probably close to 50. So, so how does it feel now that you're, representing team Canada on that same ice that you, you know, when you're younger, like it, even if you're a hockey player, you don't really think maybe, you know, I'm going to get there, but now that you're there, how does it feel to represent team Canada on the biggest stage? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's huge. Um, I mean, I, ever since uh, I heard that it was going to be at Edmonton, um, that was kind of a goal of mine, especially just because being so close to home. And um, fortunately my, my family couldn't come watch my friends and family, but um I know it was, it was a goal of mine ever since I heard it was going to be at Edmonton just to, to make this team. And I knew that it was going to be tough. Like you said, the 18 year olds, um, doesn't really, not really the most common thing. So, no. um, yeah, that was definitely a goal in the back of my mind. Um, when I heard that it was, it was going to be in Edmonton. Do they, do you have cell phone access? Sometimes they take them away. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So you've yeah. been speaking to your parents or, or do you kind yeah. of shut down during this? Okay. You have. Yeah, I, I talk to my mom like every day, and um, what, during what game she day. What she say? It must be amazing to have your kid playing at the. But also, she's a mom, so I'm sure she's worried too. Yeah. That's part of the process. Um, what have they been saying to you? Yeah, no, they just they're excited. Obviously, very proud of me, and um, she told me to enjoy it. And um, I mean, they they this is the first time um, they got to really watch watch me on on this kind of stage. So. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're as, as nervous as, as I maybe am sometimes. And um, no, they're excited for me. So it's all good. Are you ever nervous when you hit the ice? Because uh, listen, I'll tell you from my perspective, you don't look nervous. You don't play nervous. Are you, do you get, I remember, um, who was it? The, um, um, uh, it was a Glenn Hall would throw up before every game, uh, you know, and then he'd go out and he, he had a streak of a ridiculous streak of playing games. Do you get nervous? Are you that kind of guy? 
Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not really nervous, I guess. Um, maybe nervous isn't like the right term, but I think it's just like, obviously team Canada and world juniors is huge in, in right. Canada. So, um, you have that added pressure, but, um, I mean, pressure's a privilege really. Um, especially you dream about this your whole life as a kid growing up and, um, so it's awesome to get that pressure from from the whole country and obviously in home soil too. So um, no, it's good. We I think we all enjoy that pressure and um, we we try to take it with positive energy. Your coach Andre Tourigny was on the radio yesterday on 91.9 and he said, "Caden's better than I thought. Um, he's from that new generation of defensemen." I'll admit, you're also you know I don't consider myself the know-it-all of, of prospects, but I've been really impressed by your play as well. What do you, and I mean, the interesting part here is that he said you're from that new generation of defensemen. I spoke to someone who tracks zone exits and zone entries. You right now are ranked among the top five players at the world juniors for zone entries and zone exits They're at 83% efficiency, which is ridiculous. Um, you don't need to know those numbers, but now you know that like you do that so well. So what's the most important thing to be part of that new generation of defensemen? Is it skating? Is it like, what, what's the most important thing to you to be part of that new hybrid defenseman yeah i think um skating is obviously the big one you have to be able to skate now to play mm -hmm. um you don't see many many of those those big guys like you used to see in the nhl anymore and um you have yeah. to be able to skate um i think for a defenseman too you have to be able to move the puck um that's something that i've been uh, working on all summer and um i mean summer winter whatever you want to call it and um Yeah, I think just skating and moving the puck. I think um, next level, you see all those defensemen, they move it and jump up in the rush because um, everyone can skate now. So, um, yeah, I think that's just the two biggest things, moving the puck and skating um, for defensemen is huge. I think you hit on something really interesting there when you say that the big guys aren't there anymore. I mean, they are, but they have to skate, right? Just like you. The funny thing is when I was looking post-draft, I was asking for opinions. People were saying he skates well, just full stop, not he skates well for a big guy, you know, he mm -hmm. skates well. Now the zone exits, which obviously come with the skating, um, that takes a little more mental power. When do you decide, okay, you're behind the net, you have the puck. When do you decide that you're going to carry it out? Is it dependent on the F1, F2, F3, or like, do you make your decision beforehand? How does that process go for a defenseman? You have a second to decide. How do you make that decision? Yeah. I mean, um, our coaches do a good job too. They have obviously have pre-scouts with every team before. So, mm -hmm. um, I mean, you look at what their forecheck does and, um, something's usually open at some point. Um, so if that's skate the puck out and move it or, uh, move it behind the net, uh, give it to the forwards or whatever they do their thing. So, um, I think that's a good, a big thing that the coaches too. They give us what the, what the other team does. And, um, you just think about what, what maybe you can do, um, and what's going to be open at certain times. So, Uh, I think the coaches do a good job at that and kind of getting us prepared in that way. So we can just kind of um, use, use our kind of minds. And um, I mean, we're, we're, we're hockey players. So um, just do what we got to do with that. One of the things that your coach um, told me, not your current coach, uh, Mark Havshed said, you'll do anything to win at all costs, which is great. That's the Canadians love hearing that. But also he said, you're a really easy guy to coach. What makes you an easy and Andre Torigny said the same thing, easy guy to coach. Look, I know from my experience, the easy guys to coach usually make it up the roster because these guys don't have time to deal with issues. So what makes you an easy player to coach? Um, I think that just comes with winning at all costs. Um, I think the coaches, obviously, they, they know what they're doing. Um, they've been around the game for longer than me, longer than I've been alive. So um, they, they, they've been around for, for a long time. And um, I mean, like, like Mark said, um, I mean, he's 
coached a couple of really good teams. He coached Shea um, in Kelowna and um, he's won a couple of Memorial Cups or a Memorial Cup, couple of WHL championships. So not bad. <laughs> yeah. So like just listen to him. He obviously um, has something right and right going for him and Andre. Obviously he's been with the 67s and they they always have a good team. So mm-hmm. um, I mean, they, they obviously know what they're doing and just listen to them and um, do what they do what they ask. And, um, you know, just no, no complaints, just kind of do whatever the team needs to, to win. Let's go back to your skating real quick. Were you always a good skater? Cause it feels like something that you and your brother kind of have in common. Um, again, just good full stop, not a good skater for a big guy. Were you always good? Were you always a, a, a good skater? Yeah, I think, um, I don't know what it is. A little bit of genetics, I think. Um, so thanks we, mom and dad. Yeah. Yeah. They <laughs> never even, never even skated before. So they, they've never really been into <laughs> hockey before us. So I don't know how that works out. Um, hockey gods or something, but, um, no, we, uh, me and Brendan did the same skating coach. We were really young. We didn't even really play hockey for the first couple of years or first oh. year. We both just skated, um, just power skating and um, just kind of learning little, little fundamentals like that when we were young. So um, we just did that for a bit and um, just kind of worked out. I guess we were both pretty, pretty good skaters. Who's the better skater? I think he's a better skater. <laughs> I think he's a better skater. I think yeah. he would blow me away in a, in a red line to red line. So who's the better shooter? Um, I don't know. I think we both got a pretty good shot. I think that's my, that's maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe a tie, but I, I'll give him the skating though, for sure. I love it. You're respecting the, the elders. That's good. That's yeah, really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause you, you go back to that when he was bigger, bigger than you and he could, if you yeah. said anything mean, he, you know, he could have your, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so you learn your lesson there. Okay. I get it. Um, yeah. we will actually get back into the world juniors, uh, and all the fun stuff that's going on with Caden and, uh, just a moment. So stick with us. We'll be back with Caden Goley very shortly. Don't forget to head to Tricolor Spall right now to get anything for that Habs fan in your family. They have jerseys, jerseys, and everything else. Visit Tricolor now. Montreal's official team store. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with Caden Gooley, Team Canada defenseman. Uh, when we spoke at the draft, Caden, you mentioned, I asked you what your most underrated aspect of your game was. You said offense. It's probably something that people don't realize you have. Um, you got to work quickly at the World Junior. You scored Canada's first goal, less than two minutes into the game. I think people now realize that the offense is there. Not to mention, you also had that big slap shot goal versus Finland. So tell me, when Jack Quinn is peeling off the corner there and he's coming towards the point, what are you looking at? Like what gives you the go ahead to jump into that play? Because obviously you have to make the right decision there or else it's going to look really bad. And even if the, the forward hands off at the wrong time, the defenseman's getting blamed because that's what we do. So how do you make that decision that you're going to jump into the play and you're going to drive straight to the net? What goes through your, your mind as that's happening? Um, I mean, look at your, look at the guy, um, obviously the winger on you. Um, I saw he was looking at Quinner. So, um, wasn't really looking at me. Um, so if I, I kind of jumped in the hole, I think I would have had the step on him. Mm-hmm. Um, Quinter made the pass at the perfect time and, um, just got the step on the guy and, um, just shot the puck didn't even really try to score, just shot it and, um, found a little hole. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think just looking to see what, what the other team's doing and if they're even really paying attention on you, um, especially when you're going to jump down like that, um, try to catch teams on catch teams off guard. So, uh, that's kind of my, my thought process when I, when I saw that, were you trying to score or were you trying to, were you thinking shoot the whole way Were you, or you, were you maybe thinking someone was going to open up or was that shoot yeah, the whole way? I, 
I, I looked up and I saw a little thing, a little opening on the short side and uh, okay. just kind of shot it and, and just kind of snuck in there. So, nice. um, oh, decent, yeah, way to get, decent way to start your tournament, right? Like, yeah, not, not yeah it was good. Yeah, it was a good start. I mean, I wasn't really expecting to come in and score um, for a shift or even the whole game, but it happened. So uh, it was good. Not bad. Um, does Tourigny give you guys red light, uh, green light to do that whenever you want or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, it's like, I, like I said earlier, it's part of the game now, defenseman moving the puck yeah. and jumping. up. So um, yeah, he gives us the green light as long as uh, it's at the right time. Um, and uh, we got a forward covering. So um, no, he gives us the green light whenever we, we need to. And if it's at the right time. Uh, let's talk about that Germany game a little, if you don't mind. Um, it, it was a different situation. They were depleted. You guys are a powerhouse. Um, how do you deal with that disparity? Because I feel like the world juniors is about growing the game and you don't grow the game or national programs without facing teams like Canada. I think it's really important that teams like Germany who probably would have done a little bit better if they were full, you know, fully equipped, uh, and teams like Austria, they have to face Canada, but you as a player, how do you deal with that? You can't stop playing. That's insulting. And if you score too much, that's also, you know what I mean? How did you guys deal with that? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, we, we thought there was a couple areas in our game that were kind of sloppy during that game. Um, so we were obviously still trying to get better as a team too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, no, so I think we just kind of tried to work on our habits and uh, make sure we didn't pick up any bad habits from that game. And, um, I mean, yeah, we, we scored quite a few goals. So, um, I mean, people can look at it how they want, but I mean, um, I think we've got to get better at, at some point too. So, um, we're just, we're just trying to play, play our game and um, play hard and, um, do what we can and keep our habits solid. If you were in, if you were a German player in that situation, what would you want the opponents to do? Would you want them to keep going hundred percent? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would. I think it's, um, I, I wouldn't want any team to take their foot off the gas. I mean, that I feel right. like that's a little bit more insulting if you're just kind of skating around with the puck and exactly. um, not doing much. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think I would rather them, um, the team just kind of keep playing, but I don't mm. know. I'd, yeah. I, I, that's what I would say to that, I guess. So, um, yeah, fair enough. And it, it's obviously a difficult situation, but to me, that's how those programs grow. So, uh, you know, I don't know if we'd have a Tim Stutzel playing, you know, getting drafted that high if Germany hadn't made progress in previous years. So let's, let's move on to, you made a rather big hit against Finland. And one part that I find so fascinating now with the new defenseman is that, yeah, you got to be physical, but you got to move the puck and you can't take yourself out of position. So again, I'm going to ask you, what's the thought process when a guy's coming down the ice how quickly do I, do you identify that he might be a good candidate to hit? Cause if you miss, you get pulled out, you're going to look really bad. Right. I'm sure it's happened yeah. to you, right. You, where you've gone for that yeah. big hit and then, yeah. yeah. So when do you start, when does your brain start thinking like, Oh, I can light this guy up. When, when does that start to, to, to click there a little bit in your mind as the play is progressing? Um, I, I mean, just, it just kind of happens. Um, I mean, you have a pretty decent gap and, um, speed, your, your, speeds getting backwards kind of has to be similar to his and um i mean i just kind of line them up and, and it happens and if it's a big hit it's a big hit but um i mean we, we work on that a lot as a team is it just kind of getting getting bunks on guys and have to be a huge hit um mm-hmm. just making sure you you kind of connect and finish on the guy so um yeah we just try to do that and just kind of line them up and, and it happens so have you ever been, have you ever, and I say, I assume you did, but have you ever done that? Go for a big hit, hit nothing but boards. And then the guy streaks in, has it happened to you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Kind uh, <laughs> of feel dumb, but uh, right? <laughs> yeah, you just, I mean, just mistiming and um, stuff happens. So just uh, 
try to try to come back from that and um, just kind of let it leave your mind, I guess. What's the dynamic like uh, in the Team Canada locker room? You have so many players from various areas and, and a lot of leaders, a lot of players that are used to playing big minutes that perhaps have to accept smaller roles. How, how does that all work? Uh, you know, a lot of individuals have to come together as a team. So how does that work? Yeah, I mean, um, we just, everyone just kind of checks your ego at the door. Um, whenever you put on the Maple Leaf, that's, that's expected of you. Um, mm-hmm. Always have a good squad. So um, there's always, always going to be players that, that aren't going to play as much when obviously really good players, how, how yeah. many first round picks we have this year. I'm sure um, guys coming into camp knew that they might have to accept a different role and um, everyone just so happy to be here and um, wear the Maple Leaf. So um, yeah, I know everyone just checks their ego at the door and does whatever the team needs to, to win. Uh, right now you're in the bubble. So how's life living in it? Like it, it, it's a little weird, right? It must be a little different. How, how's live, how's bubble life? <laughs> um, I mean, we're, I'm used to it now. We were 14 days of quarantine and right yeah. here during camp. And, um, I mean, right now it's going by quick where we're playing games and, um, skating every day. I mean, it's kind of zooming by. It's crazy to think we've been here for a month and a half already. And, um, already it's, wow. it's, yeah, it's coming, coming down to, to a close here pretty soon. So, um, no, it's, it's not too bad. I mean, we're, we got our players on and stuff now too, that we can, that we have access to. So, um, still get to hang out with all the guys and, um, mm-hmm. kind of mess around and be around everybody. So, um, it's not too bad. I, uh, I'm just happy to be here and, um, be on this team. So how's the food situation? Is it, I, I remember in the actual NHL bubble, they were getting it delivered, you know, DoorDash and all that. Are you guys, do you guys have your own chefs or, or are yeah, you guys getting yeah, delivery? Yeah, we got a little buffet guy and a oh, okay. little buffet. Um, and I think if you want to order food, you can too. But um, oh. I mean, food, food's been good. I don't think anyone's really had to to order a whole bunch of a whole bunch of stuff. So um, they're doing good here. Good job. They always have a lot of food for us. So um, they're doing a great job here. And if you order four large pizzas, your teammates won't like that either, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's against the rules. As long as you share with them, then it's fine. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, does it make does it stress it at all? Cause I know you said, yeah, everyone checks their egos at the door, but like, listen, it's not a camping trip here. There's a lot of personalities. Does it ever, it, does it make team cohesion better or worse? Are the people that get annoying? You know what I mean? If someone had to live with me for a month and a half, they'd get really annoyed. So like, how do you deal with that? Is that, is that just not even, a, you know, not even an issue or, or, you know, do you have to just be a little more patient with your teammates? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's really an issue. I think, um, like I said, we're all just so fired up to be on this team. And, um, yeah. I mean, everyone here is a good guy. Um, I have no problems with anybody here and, um, we're all here for the same outcome and we want to win another gold medal. So, um, no, there's, there's nothing like that. I think everybody's pretty, pretty happy with everybody. There's a lot of good people here and a lot of good guys to play with and be around all the time. So, um, I think too, a lot of us just miss being around all the guys. Um, it's been yeah. how many months and, um, I know for me, I just like to sit in the trainer's room and talk with, with everybody and just kind of hang out. I miss that. So um, I think everyone's just so happy to be back in their rank and back in like a team um, environment and um, just get to hang out with all the guys again. It's funny because once the media clears out of locker rooms, that's, you see, that's what guys really enjoy, right? Is actually just hanging out together. Not, not even talking hockey, just that camaraderie, you know, just being friends with these guys. Once us, once the zombies are out of the room, they can actually let loose and, you know, act like themselves. So, and you, you come to the realization that hockey is a giant family, right? Like I'm sure you have a connection to all these guys, even though you didn't necessarily played with them. Right. Cause there's, they've played with other teammates. They play with other coaches. That must be the case. Right. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, we, uh, we're, we're a family now. Um, we've, uh, we've been together for, like I said, a month and a half and we're, we're all a family now. So, um, we're all doing whatever it takes. You scored early, but let's go on that family thing because some members of your family didn't score early and some guys were expected to score early. I'm going to talk about one guy in particular, uh, Byfield who's receiving a lot of criticism. Um, and then he exploded for six points versus Switzerland. Right. So, how what goes on in the locker room like do you guys even hear that noise that outside criticism does it matter do you console them or or is the is the noise not even getting through yeah i, I never really heard it um i'm, I'm oh. kind of staying off social media right now smart. um yeah so for that reason <laughs> uh, but i mean i think people just obviously a lot of people like to just look at stats and um he's doing so many things away from the puck i mean mm-hmm. he's he's a workhorse out there. He's huge. He's six, four, Like he throws his weight around every shift. Um, he's impossible. I know from practice, he's impossible to move out of the corners and pin up against the wall. So, um, he's doing so many things away from the puck that I think people might just be looking past because he's a second overall pick. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, no, he's, he's doing lots of things for us and it felt good for him. Um, I'm sure he was happy to get those, those six points and kind of, uh, explode in that game. So, um, he, even if he's not getting points, he's doing a lot of things away from the buck too. That, that helps our team out for sure. And I believe he's still the youngest guy or the youngest guy on the team, right? Like that's yeah. two years in a row now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's a veteran, but the youngest guy. Yeah. Okay. Which is yeah. fun to see. Um, anything, has anything been weird in the bubble? Anything we should know about that's been really awesome. Okay. I thought the Bob Ross thing was very awesome. Yeah. Uh, what's been different in, in like your preparation and all that? Has anything been weird? Has anything been difficult to adjust to? Has anything been easy to adjust to? Um, I think it's been easier to adjust, adjust just going to the rink. Um, okay. I mean, you can just kind of go whenever you want and there's no really, um, not really like certain time you have to go like you kind of just go get your COVID test and head to the rink and um so I think that's been kind of nice I kind of like that and two minute walk to the rink and just kind of get to go hang out and whatever and if you need to get treatment done you can just go and get that done too so um I mean I, I like this this little setup they got here it's a pretty good yeah. setup um it makes it easy to just kind of um you have all your resources around you five minute walk away so it's good all right. So what was it like losing your captain right off the bat? That's got to be fairly difficult, right? Yeah. Um, I felt, I felt bad for him. Uh, I know he was really excited to, to finally play in the world juniors and, um, you know, he was a big part of our team, but, um, you know, all the, everyone else stepped up, um, guys stepped up in his spot and, um, we weren't worried for a second once we lost him. We have so much depth on this team and, um, we knew that everybody was, someone was going to step up and, um, I mean, Bo and, and, uh, Cuzzy, um, sharing that C, I mean, they're, I know they're proud to, to kind of represent Kirby in that way. And, yeah. uh, no, we, we have lots of good leads in this team, lots of good players. So, um, I don't think we were worried, um, when he went down, we knew that someone was going to step up and, um, guys are going to play well. All right. I'm going to throw a few questions at you that might not be the easiest answer. WHL championship or gold medal, which would you prefer? And I mean, you already have one, you weren't that active in it, but let's say next year. W or, or this year WHL championship or gold medal. Cause this is a no win situation for you, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I have to go off the record. I'm going to have to say both. I have to do it. Got a gold medal and then WHL championship after that. Another one. Yeah. Okay. Well then, cause I was going to ask you after that Memorial cup or gold medal or Stanley cup or gold medal, but I think you just, <laughs> you Kobe, I shoot the whole thing. You, you went right for the yeah. kill and mm-hmm. that's exactly what your coach always told me. Like, no matter what, this guy needs to win. Um, mm-hmm. 
he also told me that he remind you remind him of a few NHLers. You model your game after a Norris winner, Drew Doughty, right? What about Drew Doughty's game that you love? Um, he's just so hard to play against. Um, yeah. He uh, obviously you see his little Tchuk rivalry, or rivalry, and um, that's fun to watch. And yeah, um, like he's not just hard on him; he's hard on every player on the ice. And um, he plays huge minutes. He's on the ice for every situation. Um, so I think a little bit of him and, um, he skates well, he, he moves the puck well. Um, I like watching him a lot. What type, uh, how do you think your experience here, especially if you guys go on to win a gold medal, you know, I, I always feel like you have to learn to be a winner. Um, and obviously, you know, there's so many situations involved there, but what kind of, what do you think the experience this year will, will, will it help making it to the NHL? Is this something that you think will long-term will, will, will help you adjust to the, I mean, it's a big jump to get to the NHL, right? So what type of experiences will you bring to the NHL? Um, yeah, I think just um, obviously, like you said, learning to win. Um, this is kind of a different different thing from the WHL championship, like a short-term competition. Um, mm-hmm. So much little less room for mistakes. Um, yeah. It's pretty much just one one game, single knockout. So um, just playing on, on that kind of on the edge there, I guess, and um, knowing that um, something could happen like that you've seen I think it was 2018 in, in Vancouver um, stick broke and they go back in the other way and um, goal um, ends their tournament. So just little things like that, like you have to be so on all the time and you have no room for mistakes at all. And I think that that translates to the NHL and, and obviously in, especially in playoffs um, you have no room for mistakes. Um, little things can, can end the season. So uh, I think maybe just something like that could kind of translate into the NHL. Habs fans are going to love hearing that answer, by the way. Um, if you, who would you want to face the least one-on-one as a defender, any player, you know, even dead or alive, who, who, who would be like the scariest forward to see coming at you at, a, at, at 80 miles an hour? Um, I mean, maybe like McDavid or McKinnon. Um, I mean, cause they could right? pretty much skate 80 miles an hour. So <laughs> um, yeah, they, I think they'd be tough to play against. I think that would also be really cool to play against them. And um how do you stop them? Like, do you just cheat or? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's something you got to ask someone in the NHL. I don't know how to stop them. Um, I think you cheat. You, ask. You, yeah. take a, you take a penalty, man. Like there yeah. you go. That's it. That's all. Weird, yeah. I think, Who, yeah. Just good gap and hope for the best, I guess. So, which is another thing your coach, your, your coach in the WHL spoke of is, is the fantastic gap control, which have signs again, we'll love hearing. Uh, who would you want to play with the most as your defensive partner? If you could pick any NHL player ever. Who would have been the ideal dead or alive? Um, uh, that's a good question. Um, you're like a, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Lila Odeline? No, no, no. no I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's who I think. I mean, uh, maybe like, Maybe like Bobby Orr, but I know Habs fans would hate that. Um, no, we, we begrudgingly respect him. Okay. There's, yeah. there's a lot to love about Bobby Orr. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think he'd be cool. Obviously, he's such a iconic defenseman. Um, yeah. You hear about him all the time still. Um, I think he'd be a really cool player to, player to kind of watch, and I've, I've never got to watch him, um, obviously. So um, I think that'd be kind of cool to be paired up with him and kind of just let him do, do him and um, just kind of get to sit back and watch what he does. It's funny because back then we're saying there's, you know, big defensemen like that don't skate that well. And now it's the standard, right? So it's kind of funny how it's come full circle. Now they expect it. Um, Okay. We're going to do some quick draw questions for your team Canada teammates. Feel free to lie about it. 
You can lie about the answers here, but I'm going to need a quick answer. Okay. Who's the funniest player on the team? Taylor Goche. Who's the loudest guy on the team? Uh, Bowen Byram. All right. There's always one guy with special skills. Who's the piano player or puzzle genius or, you know, harmonica player this year. And what does he do? Um, I mean, Devin Levi, he doesn't really do any like sort of instrumental stuff, but he has those little lacrosse balls that he's with all the time juggling. So, I mean, he's, he's got a little special talent like that way, I guess. So, so that's why he ends up making all those spectacular saves. Cause he's yeah. always, you know, okay, fair yeah, enough. Exactly. Who, who gets the most upset after they miss a shot to practice? Mm. I, I can't give you a quick answer for that one. Fair enough. <laughs> I think everyone's kind of upset, I guess. So, Oh, well, that's good. That's a good sign then. Um, who was the best painter? Uh, I think it was Braden Schneider, Dylan Cousins. Both one of them won. I think they were both pretty good. They both had pretty good paintings. I saw some that I was like, wow, these are, yeah, I know. would have put me to shame there. Yeah. Okay. Um, who plays the, who chooses the music in the locker room? Um, Alex Newhook or Ryan Suzuki. And do you have any issues with it? No, it's good stuff. What are they playing? Or, oh, okay. Rap. They play lots of good stuff. I, I like it all. Country or rap? That's quite the uh, juxtaposition, but you know, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fastest skater? Um, fastest skater. Everyone's pretty fast on our team. Right? Uh, <laughs> um, Jamie Drysdale is pretty, pretty fast. He's a good skater. He skates uh, like the way. I feel like at this point, yeah, like you said, the, yeah. that was more of a bad question on my part. On my part, they're they're just all good. Okay, yeah. and finally, this is one that usually I ask these to guys, but do you know who's the snore? There's always one big snore in the group. Who's the snore this year? Uh, all I have your own rooms, like, though, right? Yeah, we all have our own okay. rooms. So I can't even tell you who who the snore is, but yeah, and there's uh, no bus rides to. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah who's who the big yeah. snore in the WHL then? Who is your who is the loudest guy that you dealt uh, with there? I think. I think Jeremy Massell was a pretty big snore. I yeah. Think. But, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I think, I think he, he might've snored a little bit. I'm pretty sure. Perfect. Thank you so much for taking the time, Caden. I really appreciate it. I know Canadians fans look forward to watching you in action, hopefully at the bell center, but in the meantime, we can watch at the world junior championships playing defense for team Canada. Thanks Caden. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for having me. A lot of fun. All right. Thanks for joining us, everyone. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad that you take the time to listen to this podcast. Don't forget to rate it, share it, and all those other things people on YouTube tell you to do. Uh, And also let us know. Let us know what you want to see, what you want to hear, who you want us to talk to. This is your podcast, Habs fans. So we're going to do exactly what you want within reason. Um, Next week, we're going to be jumping, as per usual, en français. Ça va être l'histoire s'écrit. That'll be our French podcast. And the following week, we're going to jump back into English. So, as per usual, français, anglais, français, anglais. Uh, This is available wherever you get your podcasts. And, like I said, please let me know what you like, what you don't like, and don't forget to rate it. We'll see you next week, everyone. Salut.